0: Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm your host, Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, uh, for the first time this season, we're we're talking on here, and I know we've not recorded in in a bit, but for the first time, we're talking about a loss, uh, a game where I still think we learned some things about Kentucky. And I'm interested to see – and well, no, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it and your takeaways, but I'm also interested to see how this team responds with uh, back-to-back Pretty big home games coming up here to kind of set the course for, for still some pretty special things that they want to accomplish.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think uh, the obvious is it was a, you know, a bitter defeat. Uh, that came right down to the end. Um, you know, Kentucky didn't play a very good game, I didn't think, overall, but still on the road against a quality opponent, or at least what we think is a quality opponent at this point in the season, um, to be right there and then literally think you might have won the game on a on a touchdown pass that ultimately there was a flag um, because Barry on Brown wasn't set quite yet. So that was a big swing of emotions because the very next play, obviously you have the, uh, the fumble that uh, ends the game. But all in all, Sean, uh, a difficult loss, especially given that, he had a chance to start 5-0 and then be 2-0 in the league with both those games being on the road. You mentioned the the two big home games coming up. I mean, he could have put yourself in a great position um, to, to really be able to do some damage this year in the SEC. All was not lost, though. Um, like you mentioned, I thought there were some good things. He had the return of Chris Rodriguez. Uh, he scored Kentucky's first touchdown of the game, which was set up by uh, – you know, Really, I thought one of the best individual performances we've seen from a true freshman, at least in my lifetime, at Kentucky, Barry on Brown. Man, what a game. To, uh 245 well, all-purpose yards, and it only took him five touches to do so. I think they might need to get that kid the ball a little bit more.
0: Well, it's it's easy to get caught up in the frustration of the loss, and even I even noticed myself yesterday when it was, you know, immediate, kind of getting a little bit like, man, you know, they they had a great opportunity here to – to really kind of seize control of, of what they're wanting to do and and put themselves in an excellent position, to And you saw the way the SEC is shaking out. I mean, you saw Georgia struggle mm-hmm. last night with Missouri. You're sitting there thinking, okay, now Georgia's starting to look beatable uh, for the last couple of weeks. And and you could put yourself in a great position. But then you have to look at the bigger picture here, too, and see that this was a game on the road in a – to me, a, a, a game where Kentucky actually proved itself even in defeat to me was because – Everything that kind of went against them. I mean, you're talking five points on special teams and then a safety, which is a lot to overcome, and they nearly did it. The defense only gave up three points after that uh, first quarter, so right there in a chance to. I, I still think they did some really good things, and it just it's it's disappointing because they couldn't overcome their miscues. They they kind of fired up at the wrong time, but Kentucky still. It, it, to me, I thought I thought Kentucky's the better team coming out of yesterday, but they didn't get the result that they wanted.
1: Yeah, I, I felt that way, too. It's not that I didn't think Ole Miss deserved a win. I don't want to say that. I mean, you take wins however you can get them, uh, absolutely, in this league. Well, oh, they, they play cleaner football.
0: Like yeah, that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing to it.
1: They had one turnover, but it was right there, you know, going into half, really. It kind of left it in a spot where it was going to be hard for Kentucky to to do anything with it off the turnover. It was more so if you're U.K., you stopped Ole Miss from getting points, more or less. Um So, uh, no, I mean, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're not going to worry about how it happened at the end of the year. It's going to be a W regardless. For U.K., though, I mean, when I sat there and thought about it, it was – you can go back to – I mean, they had one game last year where they lost by three against Tennessee, and you can do kind of the similar things where anytime you lose a close game, you can can magnify the things that went against you. I I did feel like this game probably had more (laughs) than normal, I guess I would say. Because, I mean, how many games are you going to have – a, a field goal that just to be blunt, like Matt Ruffalo needs to make a, any field goal that's from straight on from under forty yards. Like you need to make that. I think as a as an SEC kicker, not that I expect perfection from guys, but more like he's not been very good in SEC play. He also missed a field goal that was short against Florida, um, off one of the hashes that could have probably well, put the game a little earlier than what it what they did. And and it's even more to me can uh, if they could get
0: that fixed because their their kick their kick return game's been dynamic. I mean, it's been yeah, I mean,
1: it's very elite. impressive.
0: Like it's, yeah. it's elite in that category. So if you can just clean up the other issues, the, the PATs, the field goals, and all that, then you're starting to – you're talking about a game changer when it comes to winning you these close games. And how many times do we see it come down to special teams mm-hmm. in the SEC and, and how clean you are in that area of the field, and that area of the game. But I still think there's a lot of good. It is disappointing. But you got to see Kentucky continue to fight, continue to dig in, in a game where it would have been easy to let that thing balloon and end up losing by three or four touchdowns. I mean, we we've seen that before, yeah, for but sure. they decided to not. Uh, I thought that Will Levis made some plays. I thought that he still left a lot on the field. I think the biggest thing with him that I see right now that I think we'll get into is just his progressions and, and his reads and stuff. I think he's missing some guys, and and we've talked about this offensive line breaking down a lot. I think it. I think it needs to go both ways. I think that mm-hmm. Will is kind of need. I think Will would accept it, and I think some of it is on him. I think he's holding on to the ball too long and and not getting through those reads quick enough. And there there were guys open at times yesterday where the chain should have kept moving, and he was taking a sack or, or there was something going, and Kentucky was having to punt.
1: Yeah, real quick, going back to the special teams. I mean, it was just Cade DeGraw. He, I, I do believe he got swapped out um they put I don't know I can't remember the kid's name but they put in the backup long snapper so I mean that was you know I mean how many how many times do you see that happen I mean probably not almost never right like typically the long snapper is not going to get replaced unless there's an injury or something like what happened to the Bengals in the first game of their season against the Steelers where there was an injury and they don't carry backup long snappers (laughs) in the NFL Uh, But Kentucky had one and I think he, the only time he snapped, well, he might have snapped for a punt. Um, but at least for the extra point, they did make the extra point on the one that he snapped. But, Sean, even even with the frustration – so, like, you get the long kick return, the second one, uh, or no. No, it's when they finally tied it up, right? Yeah, they finally tied it at 19, and then the transport kicks the ball out of bounds. Yeah. To, to give them 10 more yards than what they would have had yeah. anyway. And then the they Ended up getting, you know, well within field goal range regardless. But it's just that was a frustrating day for the special teams. And it, I get pretty I get pretty pissy over the specialists because what else are you doing all week? Like, you're not out there getting hit. You're not – you're snapping and, and doing all those things. And I'm not as upset. I mean, Ruffalo, it's one thing. I mean, I don't, I don't expect perfection from kickers. I think if you have a great kicker, it obviously helps a ton. Uh, having Austin McGinnis was a luxury. I, I don't think anyone that Kentucky has run out there since him has, has really been all that great. But um, they need to get that cleaned up for sure. I mean, and then well, it was just, it's almost embarrassing in a way, too. And you can't even, like, get the holds down. You can't snap it. You get one ball. twice.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, you can't get the hold down. And this is, comes after you just had one blocked on the other. I mean, you mentioned the five points, and then going back to Levis on the safety. Sean, that ball's on the 11-yard line when it got snapped. It's not like they were yep. backed up right on –
0: you know, no, one or the it,
1: two, and he had no well, time to get rid of it.
0: Yeah, and it's it's one of those plays too where you know they're bringing pressure. I mean, you know it's coming, and you've your clock has got to be even quicker in that in that situation. And you're, I mean, it's not even you're not even necessarily to me looking. I mean, you're wanting to make a completion, you're wanting to make a play, but more importantly, you're wanting to not have happen what happened. Yeah. So you're just trying to get that thing out of your hands. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like that. You're getting one, two, three, and sometimes he's getting four, five. And I mean, some of these sacks that are happening are on four seconds, five seconds, and the ball's got to come out of your hands quicker in those situations. You're talking about special teams, and you're talking about specialists and everything that they're doing during the week. To me, that, that's where you got to be dialed in and locked in because you're kind of responsible for some of the most, probably some of the biggest momentum shifts in any football game. Is special teams. I mean, how many times did Ole Miss have momentum, and then here Barry Brown, Barry Brown come mm-hmm. and make a big kick return? It gets Kentucky a, a kind of a shot in the arm, and right back in scoring range. Or you you do something, you, you make a field goal, you block a field goal, anything like that. That that's the area of the, of the game where you just you kind of shift momentum. And right now, I feel like Kentucky's kind of teetering with it. They get momentum, <laughs> then they give it back, and and at yeah. some point, you're you're kind of wanting to stand on the positive side of this. Uh, and he gets tripped up by his own guy that was unfortunate that's another play that it doesn't show up anywhere in stats but it was he was getting I mean he was about to hit another gear and another burst there and probably score on that one
1: that one was unfortunate and like I don't know are you going to get mad at Lavelle for hustling to make a block no you know like that's, that's <laughs> well Barry and shifty
0: it. too right like Barry's is yeah. gotten all over the field and you're probably trying to dodge him some but I mean, he, they have a playmaker in him. And then the catch that Key made on the touchdown that didn't count yeah. was an impressive catch, too. I mean, he had the ball. He, he pretty much had it in one, one hand and, and palmed that thing going to the ground. And, Derek, you see that play a lot. I mean, it was close. It was a bang-bang play with Barry not being set. How many times do you see that play right. not called, especially if it's second quarter, third quarter? Is that Do they throw a flag on that? I, it's just yeah. another unfortunate
1: one. Yeah, I mean, I felt like if those roles are reversed, I don't know. I feel like I've watched enough U.K. football to think that they wouldn't have gotten that call. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe it's just me being cynical. Um, you mentioned Barry. I mean, I think I want to talk about him and, and Will real quick on Will and the offensive line. I think it's kind of blended together now. It Because has. it has been – the offensive line was pretty bad. Uh, still is not really a strength at all, obviously. But the hits that he's taken over the course of these first few weeks, I think, have started to kind of creep into his head a little bit. You notice I can't remember the exact play, and this is not really a criticism of Will. I think it just goes to show maybe where his mind is. He was kind of moving around in the pocket at one point, which you want to see. You know, you want to see him climb the pocket a little bit, but he, he did it at a point, and I can't. Remember, I wish I had the play because it's very vague to just say this on a podcast. But like, he was doing. He did a little shift in the pocket that he didn't need to do. Like no one was around him, and he still did it anyway, which t- told me he either was feeling guys who weren't there or it just hit so much on his mind. I don't know. Like that, that's where I think it's kind of all the early season hits have started to add up on him because, you know, even whenever there aren't guys around him, he's, you know, trying to avoid, he's trying to avoid people that aren't there. And, uh, but the overall numbers weren't bad at all. I mean, you got to throw in the no. two fumbles. And again, like, that's probably what's so frustrating to me. Cause, um, I have a hard time. Like, like, if I'm going to, I don't want to blame anybody. You have what uh, 61 offensive plays on offense. They, they ran 68. You have a lot of plays, a lot of players out there. Like it never comes down to just one player or, or one play. And on the first fumble, Will's try. I mean, he had the first down. That's what sucks there because he had the first down. And it, I, I thought it was a good hit by the old miss, uh, by the old miss defender. You're not going to have many guys who uh, who hold on to that football. And then the second time, again, with Will, I mean, if he's waiting on Did a double you, move to happen right there, I don't know if it's really the yeah, best that's, play call. Whenever you have a, a backup right tackle in, and again, that was a poor effort by Wallabo. Um, unfortunately for him, I think he has shown that he's he's not ready. Um, and I know it's tough to get thrown in there late, but every opportunity he's gotten this year, it's not really gone too well for him. So, and he's just a young player, so. He needs to keep working, and and I do. Okay. Th- I still think at one point he he will be a part of this team, and I think he he still could potentially be a starter down the road. But I think maybe some for for if I saw a lot of criticism for Rich Gangarello, I'm not really. I mean, I know you got to blame somebody when you lose, but I didn't really think it was you know that poorly of a call of game at all. I mean, I thought they did some really good things, but in that situation, having a play that's going to take some time to develop with the right tackle and I think in hindsight you know you, you might want to do that differently um but the overall numbers for Will outside of those two fumbles I mean 18 for 24 it's a 75 percent completion percentage and he threw for 220 yards and two touchdowns and I thought he made some really good throws particularly to uh Jordan Dingle. I mean I thought that yeah. was a great game for Jordan Dingle. and also you, you want to criticize some other people I mean I, I mentioned he went 18 for 24 if Kavassi Smoke catches a screen pass, he might've had another touchdown yep. uh, there in the first quarter. He just drops it. I mean, there's plenty of uh finger pointing to go around, but I, I feel, I feel like Will's in a, a no win situation this year with, with people, the media and people on Twitter, because his production is, is probably not going to meet what you would think for a top prospect in the NFL draft. But I'm almost entirely certain at this point, he is going to be a, a, you know, one of the top picks and, uh, there were so many people waiting to pile on to him as soon as he fumbled that first time yesterday. I thought it was really disappointing to see from uh, from some of the people in the league media. Um, that's who did and that, that. that's but,
0: that's what comes with uh, you know we were talking back in the spring and the summer when when you have outlets and projections putting him as the number one overall pick and and things like that. You you know it's gonna it's gonna put all eyes on Will and then Kentucky's success early in the season. I mean it's the same thing when. Kentucky played Anthony Richardson in week two, and you had all the hype after week right. one. Everybody was kind of piling in on him when he struggled. Uh, so this will be – and it's good, it's been good to see coaches and players kind of back will in and, and his performance. And, you know, Levis has accepted uh, some miscues and mistakes yesterday and when we knew that he would do that. But – and I, I saw a lot of people talking, too, about the, the play call at the end when he did fumble. And, you know, you were talking about – you know, he was waiting to see that that route come open. I saw people saying, well, you have Chris Rodriguez. Why are you not handing the ball off there? Well, Derek, it, it's kind of no timeouts. If something goes wrong and you're, you get a, and you're probably not going to get a play with the loss of yardage there with, with Rodriguez, he's going to fall forward. But if you don't get what you want, then you're losing a lot of time before you get that thing snapped again. I was okay with, with throwing the ball
1: in that situation. All right. I was too. Um, I don't – either I was looking away or it just never showed it. I don't feel like, – because they were showing the uh, – which I actually that was kind of cool. I kind of thought the coach's cam was, was a little neat. Uh, it would have been more cool if it was UK's coaches celebrating. But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't I don't remember ever seeing kind of what Will was looking at. So I don't know that he – if he had anything in the end zone. I mean, the, the kid, it was just perfect timing, I guess, because right when he was winding up to throw it, he, he knocked it out. And When you don't have any timeouts – where were they on the field after the fumble? Because they recovered the ball, I think, on the 21, but I, I think the line of scrimmage was was probably Before, I think Baron got to the seven, right? I think on his long screen pass that he ran for. I think he got down to the seven, so it's probably like on the 12. I mean, if you could run it once, I guess, but at that point you're still minimizing the field I almost think it's probably better to throw it like they were because you have a little bit more room to work with. Cause you weren't going to be able to, I mean, unless Chris hit that for 12 yards for a touchdown, like you, pr- you weren't going to be able to run it again after that. So if anything, you're probably just going to cut down on the space that you had to go for. Um, it was really, I just, it feels like one of those games that if you point to six or seven things that went against UK, if, if any of them go differently, you, you, you might win, but uh, there were some good things though, Sean. And, uh, Rodriguez coming back, you you just see his ability. Um the when he gets hit. You think about the yeah. fourth down that they converted, he got hit. I don't I don't think he had the first down at first. He did when he got hit. Nope. And then he turned those legs and, and Ended up two yards down.
0: ahead of the line. Yeah. Yeah. The and just he, he
1: runs through guys. Uh you know, it wasn't a crazy day. He went 19, uh, 19 attempts for 72 yards. But if you take out the sacks, um, Kentucky ran for 140 yards 4.1 average not too bad I mean Ole Miss average 4.8 and they're a you know a very run heavy team well um, he got
0: through some he got through some hits too on the
1: screen Uh, yeah, he screen did. yeah. three catches half. for 40 yards for him
0: yep yeah. and I, I thought and I was there were there were probably six or seven plays yesterday that stood out to me where in the first four weeks Kentucky was getting two or three yards and he turned it into seven eight nine and even one of them I think the, the, the one of the but probably the longest reception he had there. I think it was in the second half. Yeah, uh, that yards. But, but I think, too, I was interested in seeing, like, just talking scenarios here, and, and I know obviously we can't dive into it because it didn't play out this way, but I was interested to see what Mark was going to decide to do had they faced a fourth down late in the game. If it were, it would have been on the field if he would have played for the win or if he would have ran Ruffalo out there to try to attempt a game-time field goal given the struggles they'd had in special teams on the day.
1: Yeah, that is a good question. I probably still would have kicked it. Um, I would have too. Yeah, just try to get it to overtime had it come down to that. Or even the, the drive before. But, geez, man, you think about the mental spot Matt Ruffalo would have been in if he that, got in there and missed a field <laughs> goal no, time. I, game, I, I mean. was
0: thinking about it the entire time. I was like, uh, this is going to be one of the most difficult decisions that Stoops has had to make because yeah. it, if you don't kick it, you're still going to get criticized for it. But if you do kick it and it backfires on you, you're going to get even more criticized for it. So, but unfortunately it didn't work out in Kentucky's favor, but I mean, how do you, how do you feel about it? Like they, they dropped six spots in the AP poll. I was, I was kind of, I was going to say 11th is where I thought they would go. I didn't think they would go all the way to 13th. Now they're behind, I think Utah who we saw lose to Florida in the season opener and Kentucky beats Florida. So that just shows you the way the, the polls shuffle throughout the season, but I still think at 13, you're in a good spot with a game you feel comfortable with at home. And then setting up what could be, depending on what happens with Arkansas here this week in, in Mississippi State, it could be another top 25 matchup at Kroger Field, Kentucky-Mississippi State here in a couple of weeks. So there's some still a lot to play for, huge opportunities down the road. And if you win those two, you're still in a really good spot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll view Kentucky as a, as a solid top 20 team. I mean, I don't know exactly where I would put them. Um Again, I thought Florida jumping up to 12 after beating Utah was, was way too much. And then I would probably argue that Kentucky going, what, 12 spots, I think, when they beat Florida yeah, was probably a lot to jump. Um, but they're – I mean, they're – I think Kentucky's good. Uh, obviously, they're not perfect. They have one major glaring weakness right now with the offensive line. And, and uh, even if, you know, I think some of it now, it's just, like I said, I feel like you got to put – blend them in together with will because i think not all of this is on the offensive line but it's kind of i don't know how to really say it it's just like will in my opinion is probably a you know will has only started i think what 18 career games or 19 i forgot i I think he only started once at penn state he's played five this year 18 he's played he has 18 starts at kentucky so this is not a guy who's played a ton of football, and I do think he's probably a little slow to go through his reads at times, and it's not a really good combination <laughs> to have with a uh, with an offensive line that's still trying to figure things out. Um,
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So do you think that this is a case to where. some like, obviously, they're, they're spreading the ball around. I still think that Dane Key needs more targets. I do like I, I think that you got to get him involved more. Obviously, the way Barry and is is playing, I think they've got to get creative and just get him the yeah. ball and specs as much as possible, yeah. even if it means you snap it to him some or get him on some, some jet, jet sweeps, sweeps anything. Yeah. But do you think that this becomes a thing where a favorite target or a go-to target has to emerge, especially on third down when they're in some situations where they're bringing pressures? Does it need to be a Tavion Robinson locks in on? Last year it was Wandell. Like, mm-hmm. Do you think that that hurts a little bit too, that maybe – he is spreading it around. He hasn't kind of keyed in on that third down guy.
1: No, I, I, I think uh, you know, Dingle was kind of that guy yesterday. I think both of Dingle's big catches came on third down. Um yeah. and then then he had one right before half. He was the one who caught the ball before half. So he had two catches on third down that went for good gains. I mean, I don't I don't think he necessarily has to have that. Um, but if he if he if you are gonna pick someone else out, I would agree it's probably Tavion. Um, he's probably the best route runner. But and I did mention getting the ball to Barry on more. They did target him five times. Uh, and really he had a step uh twice on go routes, the, right there on that very first possession. And then to start the um, I think the yeah, it was it was the same possession that he had the long screen that went for a big gain. Um so they've tried to hit him in different ways. And he's had other games uh well, obviously yesterday, both his catches. <laughs> I mean, good lord, this kid's incredible, man. But this catches are screens, right? So, yeah. two catches for 81 yards. But they what, they've had other games where they you know he's run intermediate routes. Um, what, you know, was uh, it
0: burying on the screen? They ran a they ran a screen on third and two and threw it to the it would have been the bottom of the screen if you're watching on TV. Mm-hmm. And he the ball the throw drifted into the wide receiver blocking I can't remember who they were was it Tavion no. they were targeting there or was yeah, it, it was Barry? yeah
1: it was Tavion okay. on that one. so
0: and that was a play that I thought got criticized a lot on Twitter a play call it was a, bad if, throw. It's a if, if it's a good throw it's yeah. probably a big play yeah so that was more the throw than it was execution more so than the play call I thought it was a good play call I mean obviously you still want to hand the ball to Chris Rodriguez but if he makes a good throw there we're not even talking about that even being a questionable play call
1: yeah I agree with Dane you're right I mean Dane is uh I mean, both those guys have, have proven themselves. Yeah. I mean, Dane he finished the day two catches for twenty eight yards. Obviously, he had the one wiped off the board. Um, and what's really aggravating about that penalty is it didn't affect the play. But you know, the rules the rule. I'm not I'm not saying it was a bad call. I, I understand it. It's it's defensible if you're a, a ref. It's by law. You know, if he wasn't set and he took the snap, you know, I'm not going to blame the refs on that one. And I don't, the targeting too, I saw that was to me. Um, the way I try I to look something. at targeting is if that happened against, let's say Kentucky Bingo. was on the other side and Bingo. they recover a fumble, everybody would be irate if they called a targeting on that. Like Will Low, I mean, I I don't Will I can't even here and explain to, to do it.
0: you. Yeah, yeah,
1: I can't even explain to you like exactly what targeting is because it feels like depending on their officiating crew, like it's something different. Like I don't know that it's very. I think the intent of the rules is, 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 is great. You need something in there uh, that, you know, penalizes bad hits to the head. Um, but that well, one to me is not, like, in my mind, that is not targeting or should not be well, targeting
0: anyway. Well, that was one of those plays that when Will initially, before he dropped, the contact was going to be below the shoulder. But when he dropped, now it becomes to yeah. the helmet. And, but I mean, I see it like, obviously he led with the crown of the helmet. Like I could see that call being made and I can also see how it went yesterday and it not be, but if it's, if it's flipped, Kentucky fans would be saying, no, the the quarterback lowered his body and caused the contact. Like it would, it's just one of those things that depending on which side you're on, you're going to see it differently
1: i mean it's the same thing like to me tj carter that year against florida i mean that was one of the worst calls um even i don't care even if by rule if you call that targeting like whatever like it's not a tj carter wasn't trying to hit kyle trask the way it happened like trask from my memory like uh initiated some of that and i thought it was kind of the same thing yesterday with will um and I, I wonder, too, if he doesn't fumble. Like, do we even talk about that as a potential targeting thing? Because Probably I just not. don't know what they would have. But um, one other kid I wanted to give a shout-out to, the final stat line wasn't really impressive at all, but I thought uh, Jatama Klain. Yeah. I thought did some really good thing. That's two straight weeks. He's had a, a, a pretty good run. I mean, unfortunately, he got caught on the uh, Aaron Judge cam uh, for one of his <laughs> runs. So, um, are we Are there. we seeing some
0: shuffling there at the running back spot now, you think? With
1: him moving ahead of smoke, maybe I would. So, to me, with Rodriguez back, so this is another, this might be a radical take for me. I don't know if radical is the right word, but like, I think Kentucky slowed the tempo down even. uh, They're they're a slow team anyway. Like, they, I think what they showed on the screen yesterday, I think they're what, 13th in the SEC or maybe last actually in the SEC and, uh, in tempo. But (laughs) excuse me, I think to even negate it more. With with what old miss wanted to do, I think they slowed it down even more. Because of that, you only ran 61 plays. I think they're probably running more than that some other times if they if they get the chance. But Sean, I'm almost to the point if you're only gonna run that many plays to me, it's almost a waste if the ball is not going to Rodriguez, Tavion Robinson, uh Barion Dankey, or or one yep. of the tight ends. Like because Nothing against Chauncey Magwood, like he picked up a first down on his catch, but like if you're going to be running a, a limited number of plays, uh, any kind of run to Kavase Smoke I think is a waste. Um, McLean, he's doing some better things. McLean's role, I mean, I think especially this kind of NFL style offense, um, he's a I think he's a pretty clear cut third down back, someone who can go in there if you if you know you're passing the ball, he's probably a better receiver than Rodriguez, um, but that's kind of how I view things right now, just because, you know, the way that they're doing things, I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on you to score whenever you aren't really getting a ton of chances. um, They, they had three scoring drives yesterday. Uh, on helped them out once really should have helped them out twice. They didn't score on his second, uh second long kick return, but that's kind of how I see things. That's what's weird. is like you, you watch Kentucky play and the numbers aren't very good on offense, but it's like, Man, I think this might be the most talented, like, quarterback. Or not quarterback. I think there's been some other guys better than Will. But, I mean, for the Stoops era, I think Will's probably the best. And then Rodriguez is, you know, uh, I think a, a great running back in college. And that trio of Tavion, um, on and Dane. I mean, name a trio better than that that we've seen at what, Kentucky what? that can do all that. So, that's, that's what's weird is I feel like they have all – and then Jordan Dingle's coming along really nice um so Very, I feel like they have everything it's just man what what we do to put the 2019 or something offensive line on this team right i don't know oh you can goodness. do that you can do that for every
0: team go pick you, you could go you can go through history of kentucky football and say yeah. what if you to put you right. know this defense in 07 yeah. or the the defense a few years ago with with this offense like i mean you can go through what what did you think of the creativity on the the little shovel pass that they that, that Tavion scored on where oh, that was a great drive uh, I thought it was a great drive. I thought it was a great call. And when you're talking inside the five yard line or wherever they were on the field there, you got all eyes on Chris Rodriguez mm-hmm. and then Tavion slides in behind. I thought it was very, showed a lot of creativity that I still think that this offense, I think its best games are still ahead of it, especially as you move into October now and into November. I think this is an offense that's just going to keep getting better and better. I think you're going to have a quarterback that continues to get more comfortable. Uh, obviously, film room is going to be the biggest thing for Levis this week, and hopefully he sees some of those progressions. I, I think he's getting caught. Like you said, some of those hits that he's taken, I think now you're starting to see a quarterback that's seeing the pressure mm-hmm. instead of – and kind of not seeing that guy that's coming open. I know our, our buddy Van put up a lot of stuff on on Twitter this morning with some some breakdowns, and you, you kind of see that there were guys open that drives should have continued if Will doesn't get caught looking at the pressure.
1: Yeah, I'm worried a little bit, man, about Will's health. Um, He's taken a lot of hits, and he – I mean, he had the dislocated finger yesterday, and the the broadcast also said he had an ankle injury. As far as the ankle, I don't – it didn't seem to really bother him, um, which they didn't ask a ton. I mean, I think – I don't know if he even had any more rushing attempts besides that one that he fumbled on, did he? Maybe he had a couple. I think so. Um, But he looked fine, though, on that. I mean –
0: Well, I think he he had the one where – it was it was an RPO where he had an option to throw it or then right. keep it to You're the right. left. Yep. So that that was the only other one that that I saw. But man, he's he's taken too many hits, yeah. and luckily the the dislocated finger was on his non throwing hand yesterday, or that could have been a, a tricky one to to uh, manage. I don't, and I don't
1: think he could have played. If it was uh, I don't
0: think so either. So it was. Uh, I mean, you just wonder
1: know. like realistically, can he make it through a season at this pace right now?
0: yeah and i don't know by week by week coming up in three weeks but you've got to keep him clean and i just don't know at this point how, how much is on him how much is on the offensive line like he, he's taking some hits that i think are on him but he's also taking some that's you know the offensive line but
1: he's got like to realize too that not every play is going to be you know like i feel like he he tries to make a play on every single play and he sometimes you just got to get rid of that ball and uh and just love to play another down and not well, get he, hit. He was
0: trying to get extra yardage on the first down yesterday that he fumbled on. Yeah. And that that's one you've already got the first down, man. If we could just go down there, you're, you're you know, you're living to, to continue playing. And that, that felt like a drive where, you know, Kentucky scores, you know, all Miss probably thinking how much time they have left to, to kind of go do what they're going to do. But
1: I do want to say oh, yeah. this, too, before we run out of time here, um, since we haven't talked about them really much, the defense. We, we did mention that they only gave up uh, two field goals after the first quarter. They're they are down a lot of guys right now, if you think about it, with how many injuries they've they sustained in that unit. Jocos Jones left. Uh, he's playing really good football. He, he had to leave the game during it. Uh, obviously, Weaver didn't play. You, you don't have Geiger anymore. Tisdale's been out the whole season. They're down some guys. In that unit, I thought, uh, against a very explosive run game, you know, they they had some downs. I'm sure they went back. It, it felt like, man, it just felt like so many backbreakers. If Ole Miss had third and long, it felt like they converted it. But uh the numbers showed they went seven for 14 and know for two on fourth down. I mean, that even gave Kentucky a chance yesterday. And uh if you're looking for any kind of silver lining, I think, for, for this upcoming week, and we'll get into South Carolina more as the week goes on, but uh that's a, that's a unit that you pretty much know outside of maybe – I don't know, one or two games here or there a season, that unit's going to give you a chance to win. They're probably going to keep the opponent under 30 points. And that, that to me, with this team that they have now, that should be enough to win a lot of games this year. So, for that's sure. off to that group. Not perfect by any means, but with what they were facing yesterday and, and the they were down the list, I'll say that, in terms of what cost Kentucky yesterday, not going to hear a whole lot about the defense being the reason that they lost nope. that
0: game. Nope. They, uh, they certainly gave them a chance, and they're going to give them a chance every single time that they line up. But 4-1, uh, and one, number 13 in the AP poll. I think they opened as an 11-point favorite versus South Carolina for Saturday. That's a game under the lots at Kroger Field, a, a team that Kentucky has a lot of confidence against, a program they have a lot of confidence against. And, and honestly, if you were kind of worried about a possible setback against the team that you've had all that success against, uh, this lost old Miss probably refocuses the team even more. And Oops, I'm, not so. as worried, I'm not as worried about that one. Uh, the one after that against Mississippi State, I, I think that that one's the one that's going to kind of swing where this team goes. Like, if they drop one of these two home games and you start to creep and think maybe eight and four, but I still think that the likely scenario is this team wins nine, maybe even ten, depending <laughs> on what happens at Tennessee here in about three or four weeks. So, uh, still got a lot to play for. But you, if you got to win the next two at home, if you, if not, then you're starting to bring in, you know, eight, four, and uh, hopefully not seven and five. So there, there's still, still a lot of tough games on the schedule.
1: You know, I think Kentucky's better than South Carolina, but I saw the tweet Adam Luckett had earlier. They, uh, it seems not very good off losses. Uh, let's yeah. see, Adam, had uh, Kentucky. Here's Adam's tweet. In Kentucky games following a ranked first-ranked loss, U.K. is 0-5 against the spread with three outright losses. Cats have laid plunkers. He had 2018 Vandy, 2018 Tennessee, and then last year against Mississippi State. Um, they said the only outright wins were against Vanderbilt. So, How many I mean, of those
0: have come after a loss to Georgia? That's a good I know
1: question. Eight,
0: I know 18 Tennessee and last year. Mississippi, Mississippi State,
1: State. Yeah. Um, yeah, 18 Vandy was off the Texas A&M I had a bye week, too, by the way. So, yep. it, was, it was a really bad game that night. But I did think about that, and it's, it is a good point. Like, this is not a – how many years have they played South Carolina where it was early in the season they hadn't even lost a game yet? You know, you, a, you go back to 2019, they which that's a little different because they were just beat to death at quarterback, and they went down there and didn't play well and got beat by South Carolina. But in general, they've played South Carolina at a point in the season where the vibes are good. You know, they hadn't really – Based on the adversity well, yet. And they're going to be coming in tonight, this Saturday night, with a spot where South Carolina, I mean, this is a huge game. And again, we're going to get into this later this week, but like, this is a, I've, I've already been scanning kind of what South Carolina people are saying. I mean, like, this has already been pinpointed as the biggest game in the Shane Beamer era because
0: <laughs> they're three and two right
1: now. And like, you know, they need, they probably need to win this game if they're going to go to bowl this year. So, and then you had the comments from Stoops again, all, all these things we'll get into this week, but it's a, it, to me, if you come out and play really well this weekend, come away with a win, everybody's back on on board. Everybody's feeling good going into that Mississippi State game. How much time do we have left? You can see it on your end. Yeah, i like got about 2.45. Okay.
0: So, do you – this is also a program that has kind of used the the bulletin board material for itself. Uh, what did you think of Lane Kiffin at the end yesterday, talking about Scangarello, talking about – I thought know, it, was the pressure. it was a really It was I a did. I did too. And they, they didn't
1: even like – I mean, it's not like they shut well down. I mean, you know, he completed 75% of his passes. But, you know, you take any edge you can get. And uh, if they played that up, then so be it. They did have nine tackles for loss, Ole Miss did. So, I don't know. And, and we haven't
0: talked about next year's schedule yet. Maybe we need to do that on an episode this week. Yeah. Just dive into the way it was because that South Carolina game is late. It is Next late. year in a spot where I've never – well, obviously the, the COVID year, it was the last regular season game. But uh, we'll get into all that stuff and, and more of South Carolina this week, probably touch on some basketball stuff as well. And I got to, I know uh, SEC Mike is actually scheduled to come on one day this week. So uh, we got got some stuff coming up here, getting back into a groove. But as always, the show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations. Palmville, Williamsburg, in London, Kentucky. You can visit the com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.